Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. Well, are you ready for the word of God? I want to teach what I call one of the biggest secrets of my life. The zeal of the Lord. What did I call it? You see, there are two extreme ideas about purpose in the church. Two extreme perspectives to purpose. Number one, many people in the church seem to believe that everything is proposed. Everything is proposed. It's a lazy and an irresponsible way to live your life. Where you don't take responsibility for everything or anything at all. Everything is either God or Satan. Which one are you responsible for? Why did you fail your exam? It's the devil. Why did that marriage fail? It's the devil. Why did, have you seen people that if they open their door at any time in the night and see an animal, that animal is always of the devil? For some people with some charismatic orientation, there is no owl that is of God. And it's a ridiculous perspective because the devil never created any animal. So owls minding their business, many of them have been killed innocently. You know, they did nothing wrong. You just pour anointing oil on them, you know, and then mix it with some petrol, you know, and set them a place. You know why? Why? Because we lack the discernment to tell if they are even of the devil or of God. We don't even care. Why are they at my doorstep? Why am I, you know? If you open your door and you see a cat, no, no. Let's not use cat. Shouldn't be at your doorstep. But you get what I mean? I'm jokingly serious. Okay, I'm actually joking. <laughs> but if it's a black cat, I leave you to do whatever you want to do. I'm actually joking. Listen, it takes discernment to be able to tell. You don't just conclude. That's why when people interpret dreams in a very funny blanket way, I feel that's an error. You cannot have one interpretation to every dream. You can't say if you see this in your dream, this is what it means. You can't say that. You cannot say if you are eating in your dream, it is wrong. Guess what? Sometimes you were just hungry. And your subconscious began to paint pictures. Nothing supernatural about it. Sometimes it's actually supernatural, but it's positive supernatural. It is God showing you. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. God is showing you that you're not never going to lack in your life. You know, I've said it jokingly seriously. The one time someone ate in the dream, in the Bible, it was God who gave him food. Peter fell into a trance, he saw food, and it was God. In fact, when he said, no, I'm not going to eat it, God rebuked him. <laughs> God said, don't talk like that. Chop food. Come on, are you listening to me? 
and it just may be the devil too. Listen, I'm not saying, we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. I'm just saying we need to walk in discernment instead of making God responsible or the devil responsible for every single thing that happens in our lives. That's not the way to live. Are you aware that if you started a business and the business failed, it may be the devil, or it may just be the economy. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Is it is not negating, you know, supernatural advantage. But the reality is, some people who are doing better elsewhere are not really maybe applying any spiritual principles better than you. <laughs> not just condition. Are you listening to me? <laughs> not just condition. <laughs> and the fact that God was backing you up does not mean you won't have challenges. I think I said that last week, didn't I? Oh my God. You know, I'm going to preach something at Reboot Camp. And um, the tip of the iceberg is this. When you read that the devil tempted Jesus, what does that say to you? The son of God was tempted. The devil came to him and tempted him. Who do you think you are? You see, sometimes we feel that because we're anointed, we, we should be exempt from trials. We should be exempt from tribulations. Meanwhile, that's even more reason. <laughs> that's more reason you'll be tested. Why was the devil saying, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God? Because he heard what God said. This is my beloved song. So listen, sometimes the persecution will arise on account of the word. That's more reason. So don't think that the fact that Isaac's well was seized from him, he was not in the will of God. God was solidly behind him, but he still had opposition. The fact that you are going through stuff in that business does not mean, oh, you made a mistake. You may not be making any mistake. Listen, this is going to liberate some of you because some of us are so fixated, you know, in our perspective of a mistake that we made in our past. We now feel that the trials that we are going through, we deserve it. So we are not even trying to walk our way through it anymore. We have not even released our faith. For God to help us out of it. Because we are thinking, oh, there was something we did two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. A mistake we made and so we deserve what we are going through now. It's a common attitude in the church. You see someone who is blind, who sinned? His father or his mother? Who ought he? Was it the one that, did he do something to deserve what he's going through? And Jesus' reply then is his reply now. None of them sinned. Sometimes you just need to understand it's life. Stuff happens. Come on, are you with me? So apart from um, the spirit realm superimposing on the natural, you also have, have a broken world. And so things happen. The devil doesn't have to be involved for some wrong things to go awry. You need to understand that. In this world, you will have tribulations. So stuff just happens. But we have become superstitious thinking that we are spiritual, attributing every single thing 
to a spirit being. Mind you, a lot of things are actually the workings of demons. Which leads me to the other extreme. Some people feel that nothing is proposed. That's another extreme in the church. Some feel everything is proposed. In fact, many people who swing to this other extreme, they swing to it in rebellion to the first extreme. They are used to people attributing everything to God, attributing everything to Satan. So they become so logical. And the devil will now, the devil likes people like that. He will deal with them very well. When they hear any miracle, they are trying to explain it away. What if it's not a miracle? What if this, this, that, that, this, this? Trying to rationalize and analyze, you know. <laughs> but I want to assure you, behind the scenes, there are spirit beings playing the strings, influencing movement, influencing outcomes, influencing things. Never, ever forget that. Never, ever take that for granted. And sometimes it happens in the most natural way. You only know at the end. Unfortunately, for some people, it's too late then. Listen, 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 listen. I've said this a million times. I say it a billion times more. In the day-to-day of Joseph's life, he will not know that God was behind him. He may not know that God is orchestrating every detail of his life. How could he be in Potiphar's house as a slave and God is behind it? Or God is with him. How could he be in prison and that's part of the plan? It's easy to believe that God was behind it when he became prime minister. But when you understand that every single part of the process predicated is becoming a prime minister, that there was no other way that a foreigner can be prime minister. You can't join a political party you can't, you can't, there's no groundwork, grassroots work to do to become prime minister as a foreigner. It had never been done. Please, are you listening to me? This is very crucial. And so that disadvantage was God's idea. And let me, let me say this, and this is the part I want to emphasize today because you already know that story. In all of Joseph's story, there is one single occurrence that every other miracle that Joseph experienced was predicated on. If this seemingly natural occurrence didn't happen, nothing that Joseph saw would have happened. And that's this. They had put Joseph in a pit to die. His brothers had decided to put him in that pit to starve and die. Just at that moment, that exact moment, slave traders were passing. Listen. In and of itself, it is not supernatural that slave traders were passing. That's their normal route. They pass that place maybe every day or every week or every month. But the fact that they passed at that exact moment, come on, are you listening to this? At that exact moment, it was a natural occurrence 
but the timing was extraordinary. Oh, Jesus. This is how many people lose and fail to discern the workings of God in their life. I want to bring this example up again. And it's because when I said it, I realized in the church, we still don't understand how God leads. We think the leading of God is always spectacular. Or spectacular in its nature, fundamentally and superficially spectacular. Sometimes God will use natural things in a spectacular way. So, one morning, I was up. I didn't sleep through the night. I was up till 4 a.m. and all of that. And I just said, let me pray for a bit. I was very tired and I almost overslept. At the exact time I should have woken up, my alarm rang. I was too tired to wake up. At the exact time, I woke up to the sound of a bird at my window. And the bird was using his beak to knock the window. Now, someone says, oh, that happens in my house every day. It's just like when I tell you the fact that those slave traders passed at that exact time where Joseph's brothers were deciding what to do with Joseph, that's supernatural. Someone says, oh, they pass there all the time. Well, what do you think? God can use something that some other people experience all the time. In fact, if you tell the slave traders they were a part of prophecy, they will say, what do you mean? This is our job. This is what we do for a living. The people have come again. You church people have come again. So even if you have an aviary in your house and there are a thousand birds that come to greet you every morning, it doesn't take away the fact that what happened to me in that particular instant and at that particular time was supernatural. I'm saying this for your own good. Because there are many natural things you don't even see God at work in your life. Come on, are you listening to me? This is important. Anyways, so that happened to Joseph. You might consider it supernatural that he dreamed or someone else dreams and he interpreted it. But one supernatural occurrence in his life was the timing of the passing of those people. I'll give you another example. I've said this in passing before. According to biblical prophecy, the Messiah was to be born where? Hey, 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 my God. The Messiah was to be born where? Bethlehem, right? Now, Joseph and Mary were not in Bethlehem. In fact, at the time Mary was pregnant, she was not at Bethlehem. So what's going to take them to Bethlehem now? All of a sudden, Caesar wakes up with a political idea. He's not trying to fulfill any prophecy. He doesn't know about any prophecy. He just has a political idea. Something that will have economic benefits. He's trying to do something that will be good for the nation. And he says, there will be a census. There is nothing supernatural about the census. He was not the first to do it. But the timing... And he doesn't know that behind the scene, the prompting to do it was supernatural. Please, are you listening to this? Oh my God, let me tell you this. There are workings of the supernatural the church needs to learn. <laughs> there are operations of prophecy that we still haven't learned. 
So that Caesar was doing something prophetic and he didn't know. Which was why everybody came into Bethlehem. All the hotels were filled. There was no room. That's why they had to give birth to Jesus in a manger, just in case. I'm just giving you the background of the story. That's what happened. That's what happened. Caesar didn't know he was doing anything prophetic. So sometimes people are being proposed and they don't even know. So while we teach about charismatic gifts, and it's like charismata, it's a second nature, there are things we can do. There are also people that God superimposes on and they don't know. Such that Balaam, he wants to curse the Israelites. He wants to. They have an agreement to do it. He dresses up. He prepares. He goes there. He tries to do it. And he says something else. But all men have free will. But there is another operation. The writer of Proverbs puts it this way. He says the preparation of the heart is of man. But the answer of the tongue is of the Lord. When God wants to do something, hey my God, your tongue is no longer your own. Your hands are no longer your own. Your donkey will talk if it needs to. This is one operation of prophecy that the church either does not know or has forgotten. Let me give you an example. There were two instances in the Bible, in the judgment of Jesus, that the chief priest said, do this. And the Bible says, he did it not knowing that he was operating prophetically. So, in one instance, he said, put an inscription on the cross of Jesus. What was the inscription? King of the Jews. He thought he did it to mock Jesus, but it was prophecy. Are you seeing that? <laughs> what I'm telling you, I learned it the hard way. <laughs> Let me tell you a story I've never told before. <laughs> Uh, what I'm saying might freak you out, but, and I'm not saying it to impress you. <laughs> I'll tell you two stories. So I was stepping into a new dimension of power at some point, at a particular time. I was in Abuja at the time. And so the Lord began to caution me about my words. He said, you, you no longer can play like an ordinary person and just say some things. If you need to clarify, clarify. If you need to say, you know, and sometimes just be conscious of the anointing. There is a dimension of the anointing you begin to operate in. You have to learn to use it so that you don't become the part of the casualties. You don't cause problem. So one day, I was talking with some people and we're just talking normal guy stuff. And this guy, we're trying to tease him about his girlfriend. And he was acting indifferent. So jokingly, I just said, if you're not careful, this relationship will just end. I just, I'm sorry. I usually don't talk like that. And we just said, everybody laughed. And then I felt power from my head to my toes. I ran inside immediately. I told my wife, I said, I've done something. 
I've done something. Everybody was laughing. I knew there was trouble. Are you listening to me? She said, what have you done? I said, I said something and I, I, this, when I'm ministering, when I'm under the unction, I know. So when I feel how I feel when I'm ministering to the sick in a casual conversation, I know there's a problem. <laughs> I say, ah. And that's how like play like play. <laughs> Don't worry. And by the way, I can joke. Oh. So that next time I don't say, ah, I see your head. You know, say, Pastor, Pastor, go on. <laughs> I don't want to explain the process. There, there are seasons, there are times, there are moods. I'm, I'm more intelligent, spiritually intelligent to pick it. The second, you know, the second example I want to give you, this one is very funny, but it happened. My friend and I, I have this prayer partner. We pray every other day for a long time, you know over the phone and physically. He's not a member of this church. And one day we were just discussing. We know that a lot of prophets like to play with football and say the scores of Chelsea versus Arsenal will be 5-0 or something like that. You know, and many times they're wrong. But there is also another extreme for you to think that God is never concerned with stuff like that. Now, here's the thing. If you can come to church and pray about your career and believe that God can intervene, if footballer can do the same thing. See, so the way God is going to do it, God is going to maybe give him the grace to work harder, give him the wisdom to join the right club, the right coach or something. It's not going to be just utterly miraculous, but you cannot claim that any aspect of life that people's destiny depends on is out of the interference of the divine. Come on, are you with me? For you, it might be entertainment. You know, and I watch people when they say, this coach is not good. Sack him, sack him. And you forget that someone's job. He has children. And you, you are in the church praying, Lord, my job. I want to, <laughs> I want to prosper. They will not fire me. They will not fire me. And you, you are watching the TV and say, Sack him! Wait till this You are doing hashtag. You know, coach out. I won't mention any name. <laughs> but the reality is, because lives are involved, the supernatural can impact on it. So when I learned that, when I was a serious football fan, I'm not anymore. Life has happened. So... <laughs> I began to once in a while influence. I believe that I can. Whether I believe it or not, that's up to you. So, we were playing Champions League years ago. I'm a Barcelona fan, in case you don't know. And that's the official football club of this church. <laughs> you are laughing. You don't know. You won't embrace the message of God now. But anyway, he's not even a Barcelona fan anymore. Hey, player anymore. Anyway. But that's laugh, but hear what I'm saying. <laughs> if you want to marry in this church, it's one of the things we ask. What club do you support? <laughs> I'm just playing. But don't try, shall. Anyway. <laughs> so, 
I did some things. I will tell you what I did. Call it extreme. Our team was up 3-0. First leg, Champions League. Now we were supposed to go to their house and play. 3-0, nothing now, no shaking. <laughs> but the second leg, we had midweek service. So I was preaching. I couldn't pray. I couldn't do anything. As I finished preaching, I asked, what's this cause? They said 3-2. Ha! What is happening? A friend now called me and said, your friend is on the altar of his church. He's laying prostrate, praying about game. Ah! I said, why so serious? I entered the car. I started driving fast to the house. I got to the house. I greeted everybody. Hello, hello. Entered the room. Locked the door. True life story. I entered the closet. <laughs> Hear this. I entered the closet. And I opened my mouth. And this is what I said. This is not what I planned to say, but this is what I said. In the name of Jesus, Barcelona will lose. Barcelona will lose. Barcelona will lose. I had said it three times before I knew. Now, if you know how much I love that team, you know I can never mistakenly say such a thing. <laughs> I can never mistakenly say such a thing. Listen, when you read that Balaam prepared to say something, he went there and said something else. It's not, it's not a joke. I said it and with my body vibrating with the anointing, I opened my eyes and said, ah, it's finished. <laughs> it's finished. <laughs> That's how Roma just began to play like a... <laughs> play like... <laughs> End of story. That's how we went to... It's another type of prophecy people don't know. We are done naming ceremony for Pastor Maiwa, his son, everything. Then one day he's sleeping. His wife is on the other side with his baby. In his sleep, he rose, rose, rose to the corner where his wife was carrying the baby. Lay down on the baby and said, from today, your name shall be called Andrew. <laughs> now, when he woke up, his wife said, so what did you say? He says, say. He doesn't sleep talk normally. So how do you explain that? And the name, he doesn't even like it. <laughs> he doesn't even like it. Roll, 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 lay down something. From today. Another time, he just sat up. Celebration church, this, 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 spot on. <laughs> How do you explain that? Come on, are you with me? There is a supernatural operation that superimposes, hey my God, it will look like a coincidence. I, one day, I'm not one to really, you know, just listen to people I don't know, but one day something showed in my explorer and someone was explaining, calculating behind the scenes the Jaira experience. How is it that at the time Abraham needed a lamb or a ram on that mountain that there was a ram caught in the ticket? What must have happened? 
as he was climbing on one side of the mountain faithfully, God had orchestrated for a ram to be climbing from the other side. He didn't see the ram, but God, come on, come on, are you with me? At the time, he said, God will provide a ram started climbing from the others. Some of you, this happens in your life all the time. You don't see it because you can only see one side of the mountain. But as you are climbing, God is orchestrating things behind the scenes. Such that at the point of your obedience and, you know, you are ready to obey God, the ram is also trapped in the ticket. Such that just in time, God says, look, and then there is a ram just waiting. Everything else is prepared. The altar is prepared. You know, everything, the only thing left is the sacrifice. And there is the sacrifice. Don't think for a moment that it's all fun and games. God walks behind the scenes, curating your life beautifully. And if you know that, you will gladly give him your lifetime knowing that he can take care of you. Paul says, I know whom I believed. And I know that he's able to keep that which I've committed to his hands. He's the master of the universe. Come and are you with me? He can, he can orchestrate your life beautifully. One more time. The title of the charge is The Zeal of the Lord. But here is an important caveat, an important observation. These supernatural occurrences don't happen to everybody. They don't. Some people, like I explained before, their business is natural, their, their relationship is natural, everything is natural. Not everybody will hear a voice behind them saying, this is your wife. In fact, there is no biblical precedence for God choosing for you. God will not choose for you. So you must learn to make intelligent choices and allow God influence that choice. Come on, are you with me? Yes, I was going to give an example, but I'll just leave it. I've not asked for permission to share that one. So how then can I experience the zeal of the Lord in my life? You cannot. Oh yes, there's nothing you can do. The posture and the vocabulary of this kind of life is what Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. In fact, part of the things that makes the zeal of the Lord powerful is that the people, the recipients of this manifestation were not even after it. Mary was not hungry for a child. But God came and said, this is what I want to do with your life. So when you are going about your normal schedule, you are just being responsible. Some people will not read. They are expecting the zeal of the Lord. An angel will show me. <laughs> A friend of mine who works in prophetic gifts, he was writing an exam. So he, he asked an angel, what's number two? Can you tell me the answer? He, the angel said, no. <laughs> in fact, when I heard that, I said, you are a man of God. If, if the angel told you the answer, you are not a man of God. That's the, 
I'm telling you. Because God will never interrupt with natural processes that can make you better. Supernatural advantage is not to make you lazy. Please, are you with me? So think about it. All the while that Jesus rebuked the storm, he could walk on water. Some of you, because you can walk on water, you know, go use boat again. <laughs> you see, we need to understand the place of the supernatural. Some of you, because you have faith, you are breaking natural laws. You don't sleep well. You eat rubbish. And some of us even brag about it. We use our bad health habits to motivate others. No serious person sleeps more, more, less than, uh, more than six hours. Ah, you want to kill people. Are you aware that medically, if you don't sleep up to six hours, you stand the risk of stroke? Are you aware? Uh -huh. You know, everybody's quiet. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm a person of faith. I've seen the miracle. I see the miraculous every day. But there are some laws you must never break. Please, are you listening to me? Maybe God made me say this one for someone here. Forget all those things. They used to say, anything, if, if you don't do these things now, you will pay for it in the future. If you are not sleeping well, you are not a man of faith, though. That's foolishness. There's a difference between faith and foolishness. You need to drink enough water. You need to sleep well. Hallelujah. But when you are going about your duties, when strangers from Israel show up in Jericho, you were not expecting them, but they are here. Descend them. When God wants to interrupt your plan, you start training yourself when you are not just intelligent, to the natural, you are intelligent to the supernatural. You don't just make decisions based on the economic opportunities, but based on divine prompting. Listen to me. Oh my God, this is so important. Come on, are you with me? Now, let me show you this. It's a popular text, you know. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, the Bible says, For we know. That all things work together for good to them that love God and to those who are called according to what? His purpose. You see, when we talk about purpose, we're always talking about our purpose. We forget that God also has a purpose. God also has an agenda on the earth. And that agenda doesn't always intercept with every of your agenda. For instance, you know, some people get so superstitious, they ask God, God, what do I eat this morning? God, what do I wear? God, what do I, you know, sorry, why haven't you gotten up from the bed? The Holy Spirit is here to tell me good morning. You know, you know, there are some people, I'm saying that respectfully, you know, so, you know, one lady in the university, she said, I, I, you know, me and the Holy Spirit were so close, I gave him a pet name. I call him Baby. <laughs>
I said, the Lord of hosts, your baby. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a way to tell when people have not really encountered God. <laughs> their, their speech will betray them. Leave Holy Spirit. If you have seen an angel before, <laughs> there is some foolishness that will just leave you. There's a way you will act if your picture of angel is Cupid. You know, Cupid, just cute babies with diaper. Have you seen people who command God? They've never seen God before. <laughs> Lord, you know, people who just ask questions. Lord, where were you? Where were you? Ah, <laughs> when you see God, there's a reason why the first thing he says when he appears is fear not. <laughs> there's a reason. I'm just saying there must be a reason. People who are deeper than you, they see him. The Bible says John fell down as if he was dead. That's cute. <laughs> I want to rush through this for time's sake. Go about your duties. Be responsible. Give it your natural best. Please, are you listening to me? Give it your natural best. Like people say, walk like you have not prayed and pray like you have not walked. There must be that balance in your life. And then when, as a good, young, rich ruler, you see Jesus one day, and he tells you, drop all you are doing and follow me. That's the thing. As hardworking as we are, we must still be so consecrated that we are ready to jump at the instruction of God. Because we know that God has a purpose that is more important than ours. Come on, are you with me? That's what consecration is about. And you don't understand purpose until you understand that purpose is first about God's own agenda. For thou hast created all things for your pleasure. They are and were created. Never forget that. So God's idea... When it collides with mine, mine must give way. It's that simple. So feel free to have a plan. You are not sinful for having a plan. You must always have a plan. But when God says, uh -uh, don't do this, go this way, immediately. That's how to experience the zeal of the Lord. Immediately. Praise the Lord, somebody. Come on, I said praise the Lord, somebody. So you are going to be responsible, you are going to stay consecrated, and you are going to value supernatural things. Value the supernatural. Like Abraham, know that <laughs> people are not the same. You see strangers that look like normal people, the moment you discern they have a grace on them, don't treat sacred things normally. It's a big law in the realm of the spirits. Don't treat 
sacred things with disdain. It's a big law. I've taught you this. When it's time to pray, pray like you honor the Lord. All those motivations they do in church is for children. If you know your blessing will be big, shout a louder, you don't need that. As a child of God, the praise of God is being sung around you. Then you are the one that is standing. It must never be you. Are you listening to me? It must never be you. Everybody, in fact, it's bad enough you don't have a prayer life. You are now in a place where everybody is praying. Then you, you decide, no, now, me and God. We are age mates now. Do you understand? Don't be like that. Learn to respond. Learn to lose yourself in the realm of, I'm teaching you how the supernatural can carry you. Open your heart to the Lord. Express yourself before him. Pray. You're not deeper than Jesus. If Jesus knelt when he was praying, you can kneel once a while. If Jesus cried, Jesus wept, you can weep. If Jesus cried with a loud voice, don't now start rationalizing. It's not my temperament. You, you won't grow. You won't grow. Please, are you with me? So start training yourself like that. Open your heart to the Lord. It's so important. Because all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. And when is God's purpose? Oh my God. When you believe what I'm saying, you will learn to trust him better. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. The zeal of the Lord sometimes will test your patience. People embrace this type of sermons, you know, when their example is Joseph who was in prison and became prime minister. I want that. The zeal of the Lord. The zeal of the Lord. You know, but when God's own plan is different from yours and your, your own understanding of God's plan is not as luxurious as your own, when you are Jonathan and you have a legal birthright to the throne and you discern that David has a prophetic right to the throne, what do you do? What do you do? Because let me tell you something. If you follow Saul, his judgment will be your judgment. Please, are you listening to me? See, you must also descend the zeal of the Lord in other people, not just in your own life. When you see the hand of God on someone else, respect it. Are you listening to me? Respect it. Not just in your own life. In fact, start with other people. Respect it. I know Saul is your dad. Your dad is the king. But if you discern, the anointing is on your best friend. Ah, don't try to compete. Don't try to compete. And don't, because of your more luxurious background, try to commonize what is on David. Uh-uh. <laughs> and meanwhile, when you begin to honor David, 
Your dad will feel you are a fool. What are, what are you doing? You prince. Why are you following this boy around? You know, what are you doing? The zeal of the Lord. Learn to recognize graces in people. Amen, somebody. Amen. That's so important right there. And when you're walking with God's own time, oh, Jesus. His time is different. His calendar is different. His calendar is different. You're going to have to learn to trust him. Because zeal of the Lord is not always associated with lasers, rock, rock, um, rocket speed. Some people, they don't want process anymore. I said it in January, I'm saying it again. When it comes to some things, like trusting God, maybe, let me use, for the fruit of the womb. Everybody who trusted for such a thing, you just know for a fact, the person you are going to give birth to will be great. There is nobody who had to wait for such a thing in the Bible that did not give birth to a giant. Nobody. So if you remove your eye from the pressure of men and see these things prophetically, you understand prophetic patterns in your life. Ah, if I'm, if I'm experiencing delay, it means the person that is coming is special. Some of us, we are so carnal that something special in our life, we ruin it with anxiety. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because when you read the story of John the Baptist, you want a child like that, but you don't want to wait like Elizabeth waited. <laughs> you want the glory, you don't want the story. It doesn't work that way. Come on, are you with me? Do, and that's why sometimes they push you to be anxious. You now go to Baba. Baba, you say you want a child. You will just go to the cupboard, mold one coconut, and put inside your womb. You are now wondering, he's eight years old. Eight years old. He's already so disobedient, he doesn't hear what. Uh -uh. Is it not from the water? How do you want such a child to hear what? But when you are working with God's own timing, his priorities are different. He won't give you a child just because you're of age. He will give you a child because there is an assignment that child is meant to do that coincides with the time of his birth. Such that until Jesus is about to be born, John the Baptist will never be born. Hey, hey God. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. Uh -huh. So if the work he's meant to do is not mature, he's going to wait. The zeal of the Lord in some aspects is a difficult subject. You're going to have to understand it. Zoom out of pressure of your environment, your friends, and just speak like Mary and say, be it unto me according to your word. That's, that's how it works. That's how it works. Come on, say loud amen. amen. And don't compare, don't compete. Lot will never be Abraham. Abraham will never be Lot. So be satisfied with your lot. Hey. Oh my God. Is it, is Ma or God? I, I, I was born to do this. <laughs> Please, are you listening to me? What I just said right there 
is very important. All right? Very, very important. Be satisfied with your lot. So, part of your understanding of the zeal of the Lord will be to, might be to partner with someone who is working in it. To identify it in someone and partner with it. To preserve in Jericho despise from Israel. That might be your own role. And that's how your family... So, the zeal of the Lord might not be a direct instruction to you. You just have a role to play in it. Say amen, somebody. And just so that you identify it, the zeal of the Lord will show up in four aspects of your life. Oh my God. Are you in church today? Number one is to show up in your mistakes. And I'm not saying this so that you can consciously, with your eyes opened wide, jump from one mistake to another. But at the end of the day, if you are consecrated, you need to know that God who holds your future and holds your life can make a message out of your mess. You need to believe what I'm telling you in such a way that even if Jonah was indeed in disobedience when he went to Tarshish instead of Nineveh, the repercussion of his disobedience, him being in the belly of the fish, ended up being the biggest picture of the redemptive sacrifice of Christ in the future. Such that Jesus is telling people that he was going to die and rise again. And he says, as Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be. How could it be that my mistake ended up being a very powerful part of divine prophecy? How could it be? How could it be? Some people, the reason why they don't obey God, the reason why they don't take risks, it's because they're scared of mistakes. What if you knew that God can walk around even your mistakes and excesses and make it part of the story? What if you knew? What if you knew? Quite all right. Abraham made a mistake. He went to Hagar. And so he had Ishmael. But now, God wants to teach us about grace and works. And he uses Ishmael representing the law and Isaac representing grace. How? How could it be that my biggest mistakes can be interwoven into God's architecture, divine plan for my future in a beautiful way as if it didn't even interrupt it, as if it even made it better. Let me tell you something. Through the eyes of prophecy, the biggest thing Jonah ever did was that he was in the belly of the fish. Are you aware? Him being in the belly of the fish was more important than what he said in Nineveh. Than what he did in Nineveh. Because everything you do to demonstrate prophetically what Christ will do is the most important. 
that mistake ended up being the most important thing about, see, Jesus didn't talk about his message. His message in Nineveh was never preached again. But the fact that he was in the belly of the fish was huge. And I'm saying to you prophetically, that thing in your past that people thought will count you out will become your biggest supernatural advantage. No wonder the Bible says, count it all joy when you go through diverse tests. <laughs> it says, because the trials will work patience in you. Until you come to a point where you are perfect and entire and lacking nothing. You know, oh my God, you will face challenges in the future that are similar to challenges in the past. The things in your past that you, you wish you never went through will now become part of your qualification. In future, when you face the lion and the bear, you might have been so terrified and say, no, it's because they had me maybe out of wedlock. That's why they put me to, I mean, what kind of father will allow young David to be facing a lion and a bear? What kind of father? What kind of abusive parenting is that? And sometimes you might be fixated on that. Why will my dad allow me? You know, some other people will now become depressed. Might even run away from the house. Not knowing. Oh my God. Listen, when people treat you bad, don't worry. God knows how to orchestrate it in such a way that that will be part of your future. The advantage of your future will be that you kill the lion and the bear. They thought that they were abusing you, but they were making you stronger. They thought that they were trampling upon you, but they were making you stronger. Count it all joy when you go through diverse tests. Listen, when you believe in the zeal of the Lord, you will embrace your trials. You will know that for a man of prophecy, no pain will be wasted. Did you hear what I said? For a man or a woman of prophecy, no pain will be wasted. No pain will be wasted. My mistakes will be part of the testimony. My background will be part of the testimony. The wickedness of others will be part of the testimony. The wickedness of others. I may not see it now, but my brothers are helping me. I may not see it now, but that wicked boss is helping me. I may not see it now, but those wicked neighbors are helping me. I may not I might be in the pit, but it's part of prophecy. I might be sold to slavery, but it's part of prophecy. I might be in Potiphar's house, it's part of prophecy. I, I, listen, they might have lied against me, you know, said wrong things against me. You know, everybody is saying the wrong thing. Someone lied and everybody believed it. It's part of prophecy. They are pushing me to the fulfillment of God's dream. They don't know it yet. They don't know it yet. One of the most powerful statements ever made, I think Genesis 50, 20, Joseph looks at his brothers and he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That's how the zeal of the Lord works. You don't even know how it's working. Listen, this is what Paul was trying to describe when he said, it's not of he that willeth. Come on, are you with me? Nor of he that runneth, but of God that chose mercy. Come on. Do you believe in the mercy of God? Come on, I said, do you believe in God's mercy? In the purpose of God, no pain is wasted. 
And when I know that, I won't be bitter. I won't be bitter. I won't be bitter at all. No time for clapbacks. No time plotting retaliations. No time. No time. Come on, are you with me? Uh -huh. If anything, you should thank the people. Who hated you? Who didn't believe in you? Thank them. If not for Joseph's brothers, Joseph would have been happy wearing different, you'll be changing clothes. You, today you will wear the one of many colors. Tomorrow you will wear all red. You'll be marching with shoe. And Phil is on top of the world. You know, that's what some of you will prefer. Now they've pushed you to your destiny. You are crying. Don't you know who God is? We know, the Bible says, that God works all things together for our good. Say, I know. It's a conviction, though. If you are still holding people in your heart, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. That the biggest testimony of our faith came on account of the wickedness of men. The most wicked thing that men ever did birthed the best thing that ever happened to mankind. They came together against the Lord and against his anointed. They put him on a cross, but that was part of this plan. They put him in the grave, but that was part of the plan. Three days later, there were rumblings. Come on, are you with me? And he that was dead came back to life. And now the Bible says, if the spirit of he that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. It's sweet to read it and to believe in it, especially if it's futuristic. But for you to be going through present trials and see that God is orchestrating something, it takes a different level of faith. And that's what God wants to build in you today. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk. Take me deeper. Spirit, lead me. You will see the zeal of the Lord when you take simple steps of obedience. Simple what? Listen, another thing to know about the zeal of the Lord is this. Sometimes you thought you were just being faithful. Sometimes you thought you were just doing what you know to do. But it is in that step 
of obedience that the Lord carries you. You see, when Paul said that a door was opened to him in Troas, God didn't tell him to go there to preach. He just went there out of responsibility to the Great Commission and he found the door opened. Are you listening to me? Sometimes we think that the, the leading of the Lord has to be preemptive, has to be predictive. But sometimes you actually just take a step of responsibility and you find that a door was opened. A door you will never have found opened had you not taken steps of responsibility. The Lord wants you to start taking simple steps of obedience. When he says go, go. When he says leave, leave. When it says pull the plugs, pull the plugs. Listen, there is something I learned from my spiritual lineage, the church I grew up in. That man, oh my God, it doesn't matter what is working. If the Lord says drop it, he will drop it. I remember the day I, I came up to a congregation of 300 people and I said, praise the Lord, it's been wonderful. This is the last time you will see me. No more church. Because the Lord said to do church in that place from this time to this time. It, listen, we were so, the church was expanding. 100 people were added to the church every Sunday. They will come and they will not leave. And I came and I said, this is the last time you will see me here. God bless you. God keep you. You know, see you in future. In case you want to join us. This is where we will be planting church in Ikotuwekbe. <laughs> if you feel led and it's not far enough, it's not too far, come and join us. Bye-bye. God bless you. The zeal of the Lord. It, it will test you. It will, your, your obedience will be tested. He will ask you to do things. He will ask you to turn your back on opportunities. He will ask you to sacrifice things. Has the Lord asked you to give and you almost lost your sleep? Which kind? Lord, why now? But when he begins to carry you, <laughs> and people see you, they want your fruits, but they don't know the sacrifice. They are just seeing you, you know, the first time I saw, there's a musician in this country. The first day I saw him, I saw spiritually, I saw bags of money that have left him, tied to him. And I heard a voice, behold a man of sacrifice. That was the, that was the first thing I saw. And I became immediately drawn to favor him by that. Some people have done things to invoke graces. You don't know what. You don't understand. And people try to explain it away. Why are, they, why are they having it easy? Why is this happening? Imagine me. I didn't, I never, it was later I started hearing, oh, this man, he keeps sacrificially, he does this, ah, he gave, you know. <laughs> I'm just going to pray, drop the mic, and go. But this is the deal. As I pray, I'm telling you what Mary told those guys. 
whatever he would ask you to do, do it. If he says, pour water in a jar meant for wine. Please, are you listening to me? In a jar meant for wine. If he says, pour water, pour it. Because without obedience, no prophecy of the zeal of the Lord will work on you. You are going to have to take steps because even if God says to Abraham, I will make your name great. If Abraham does not take the step to go, nothing will happen. It doesn't work that way. It won't work in spite of you. You are going to have to partner with it. When God says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Be careful, oh. <laughs> this zeal of the Lord you are talking about, some of us are dead men, quote and unquote. God can wake me up and say, give this. Give that. You see that man? Give him three million. Give him four million. We know they ask. <laughs> we don't debate it. If you want to be ordinary, that's okay. <laughs> but men like Abraham. Now, a natural man who is looking for a child. Abraham is your mentor. Ha, do you know what that means? Are you aware Abraham was willing to let that child go? So for Abraham, it was never really about the child. After waiting for so long, he was ready to let that child go. If you don't know about, about Abraham, you don't know anything about Abraham. So don't compare yourself with him if all you want is so that, you know, it's, different, it's a different ball game. Hannah wanted something else. This one will serve you. That, 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 was, that was the covenant. Lord, anything you give me is yours. This is, this is not, I'm not doing this to, I'm not doing this for the gram. I'm not doing this to compare with my friends. I am saying the words of Mary, be it unto me according to your word. It's an expression of consecration, not a desire for earthly success. Not a desire for earthly significance. That's the secret. Hallelujah. Come on, are you ready? Again, I'm saying it will work for doers. It will work for doers. So what is happening today is akin to Abraham meeting Melchizedek. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Jesus. You see, some of these sermons, you will look back 10 years' time. And you will see that not one word fell to the ground. Did you hear what I said? The people who have followed me over the years, they know everything God said he will do. He has done or he's doing. That's my life. That's my life. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, 
reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7000. Blessings.